And on the phone right now is the Senior Bowl director, Jim Nagy, joining us. I'm assuming, Jim, uh, you're calling, uh, you're live down in Mobile, Alabama. You're on with, obviously, uh, me, myself and Andy Hart filling in for Andy Gresh. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, good, Christian. Good, Andy. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing good. So what's your day like moving up to uh, to one of the actual, because uh, the, the, the players, are they there now? Are they all coming to town? Or when does everything get started for you? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I can't I can't even tell you what my days are like right now. I, I I can tell you I want to throw my phone into Mobile Bay right now because it doesn't stop. But um, uh, the, the the coaches show up on Saturday. Um, Troy Brown will be down here. He's going to be the offensive coordinator of one of our teams, and uh, we'll have a big coaches dinner on Saturday night. You know, it's a different deal for us. We we had this, we had full coaching staffs down here for seventy three years, and the league kind of threw us a curveball last year. Um, I actually like it. You know, we're going to have 18 teams down here represented on our staff. But, so we have a little, little fellowship dinner on Saturday night, let those guys get to know each other a little bit before they dive into uh, meetings all day Sunday. And then our player arrival day is Sunday. I think we've, we've, got, one, we've got one flight coming in of some West Coast guys. Uh, Michael Penix will be on that flight. Um, I think we've got about 20, 20 players coming in. Saturday night, but the bulk of them, the other the other hundred plus, are, will be in on Sunday morning. So, so Jim, how did the rules used to be? It used to be, I feel like the whoever lost like one of the playoff games was then the coach of the Senior Bowl. Like it was used to have full staffs, right? It wasn't like a a, a mixing of different position coaches and head coaches. Is that the way it used to be? Yeah, way back in the day, it was the loser of the conference championship game. Um, they came straight to Mobile and coach. When then, and then, what made more sense? I don't know when this was. Um, probably sometime in the in the seventies. You know, because Paul Brown coached our game like eight times. I um, mean, Don Shula coached it like five times. Bill Walsh coached it four times. Um, at some point, they switched it and they made it like the draft order. Um, to me, which made a ton of sense because then in a league that you know, it was built around parity, as we all know. It was a, it was really kind of a hidden mechanism for parity. You have a, you have a crap season, and you get to go to Mobile and, and be around all these good players for a week and, and try to figure them out. So, um, yeah, they switched it up on us last year. It's more of a developmental thing for coaches now. Um, it's like a quote unquote coach up format. So, like our, our coordinators are, you know, our co- head coaches are guys that are coordinators. Um, like Jeff Ulbrich from the Jets is one of our coaches, the D coordinator of the Jets. So, um, but it's cool. It was good last year. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to get these guys down here this year. So, Jim, we are obviously paying a little more attention to the Senior Bowl and the draft process a little earlier this year because, well, the team stunk and we have the third pick in the draft to focus on. Um, as you start to look at this draft, and I know not everybody is in your game but we are obviously fixating on the quarterbacks, the top three there. The Patriots need a quarterback. What do you think of these three quarterbacks in terms of being franchise quarterbacks? Uh, you know, I haven't did a, done a deep dive on those three guys as much as I've done the guys that are in the game. I, I, I've done a ton on Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a guy that I—he's a guy that I thought we were going to get uh, right. I mean, we we went—I went over to Baton Rouge and did an in-person invite with the guy. Um, and then, you know, just after the Heisman Trophy and the media buzz, I'm telling you guys, like, these mock drafts kill our game. <laughs> um, I mean, these, these agents see where some of their players are going in these, in these mock drafts, and, you know, it's, it's nonsense. But uh, So I've done a lot on Jaden. Um, haven't done as much on Drake and Caleb, but, you know, doing tape on, their, on the offensive side of the ball at both those schools, you can't help but notice those guys. I mean, I'll say this about Drake. He's actually training down here in Mobile 
doing all this pre-draft work down here in Mobile. I went over there and, and uh, watched those guys work out the other day. Bo Nix is there as well. Bo's, Bo is playing in our game. And uh, we went and watched tape of the workout. And uh, <laughs> I, I totally forget. We're watching the tape, and I looked at Drake. I'm like, dude, did you play hoops in high school? Because he's got really bouncy feet for a big for a big quarterback, and he, and and uh, he's like, yeah, I played. I'm like, well, did you play all the way through? Did you give it up like in middle school? How? And he's like, no, I played all the way through. And then uh, and then the, his quarterback trainer was like, Jim, his brother played at UNC. His, you know, like I forgot he came from like the May basketball family. Yeah. Like, yep. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so no, he's a, he, he is a really good athlete for a big guy. And I'll I'll say this, like I had a bunch of calls last year when he was. You know, I guess a sophomore, um, I had some scouting buddies, and it happened like three or four times last fall that were like, man, they're they're leaving practice in Chapel Hill, and like, man, you should see this kid at UNC throw the football. Um, and that doesn't – I mean, so there was clearly a wow factor when you leave the practice field and you're getting on the phone to call your buddies about it. Um, so, no, he's, he's super talented. Um, Caleb does stuff on tape that, again, makes a ton of wow plays. I think he's a better athlete than – I think everyone talks about the arm talent with Caleb – um, he's a really good athlete too. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of unorthodox. He's a little, you know, not not like a pretty moving guy, but man, he can make people miss, um, and he can he can get out of harm's way. So um, it's it's a it's a good class, man. I mean, you you could have six quarterbacks go in the first round. I I don't know when the last time we had that, but you could legit have six guys go in the first. So we're talking to Jim Nagy, Senior Bowl a director, um, getting ready for the whole crew to get started this Saturday. Coaches arrive, then players arrive, and then the game will be. What February third? I think it is. February, yeah, fe- February third. Seventy fifth anniversary. Yeah, we've got a big year for us with the seventy seventy fifth anniversary. We named a seventy fifth anniversary team. We did like a fan vote. We pulled all the thirty two GMs, um, and it's great. There's like twenty one guys that are in, in Canton. There's probably another fifteen that are going to be in Canton. You know, once they become eligible. Um, and we've got about 20 of them coming back for the weekend. We're having a big gala on Friday night. We're going to honor those guys at halftime um, of our game. So it's uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on down here. So do you um, – Mac Jones was a senior bowl guy, right? Yeah, Were absolutely. you? Were you um, – I mean, we're trying to do this whole comparison, like even like Drake May. You look at Drake May, and like, everybody's just, you know, so impressed with them. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels. I'm, listen, I'm a big fan of Bo Nix, quite frankly. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is playing in this game. Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina playing in that game. Uh, I think you also have Milton also is going to be playing. So you, uh, what is it, the kid out of uh, a Notre Dame? Hartman. Sam, yeah, Sam Hartman. All these guys were preseason All-Americans, uh, you know, Heisman, watch guys, and a lot of them were playing in your game. So I think about Mac Jones, like the way he was perceived, the way he was scouted, and then what he is now – is there any way that anything that you see that kind of led you believe like he had this massive drop in his game, at least for now? I'd be curious to know what you guys think. You guys are up there around it from, from the outside looking in. I see a guy that played at a really high level as a rookie and then had in a guy that's like wired the right way, uh, total gym rat, like football junkie. And there's not many of those anymore. Um, ultra competitive, how does that guy fall off? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like to the point where now, like he probably has to go somewhere else and reset his career. Like you tell me what happened over the last two years. Like not many rookies come into the league and play the way Mac played. So, I mean, to me, it's to me, what happened up there is not on Mac Jones. 
Agreed to some degree. I know Gerard Mayo was on our station this week with the morning show. He brought up the C word, confidence, and that his confidence was lost last year. This this last two-year span of the coaching experiment, as Robert Kraft called it, with Matt Patricia, and then the struggles of this last year, um, he couldn't fight through the struggles and the turnovers. I like to say losing is undefeated, and I think losing crushed him, losing the football and losing the games. Um, but I wanted to ask you, we get to this spot here where the Patriots – Gerard Mayo uh, created some waves when he said, we're going to take the best player available at the most important position. And everybody's like, oh, he said quarterback. And then he kind of took a step back and said, well, we also need a tackle. We also need a wide receiver. Those are all important positions. What are your thoughts on those two positions in this class? Is it possible the Patriots can take a quarterback at three and still get really impactful tackles and wide receivers in, say, the second and third round? Absolutely. I mean, look look at last year's draft at wide receiver. You do not have to take one of those guys up high. I mean, we had seven receivers go in the first round, or in the in the we had seven guys go in the top hundred last year, um, and none of them were first round picks. And look at the guys that produced this year. You had Tank Dell in Houston was having an unbelievable season. Puka Nakua went in the fifth round. Rashi Rice in in you know Kansas City went in the late second. Jaden Reed in Green Bay had eleven touchdowns. He went in the middle of the second. So yeah, you you don't you can definitely get a receiver on day two. You can get a really good receiver on day two. There's going to be guys from this game like like Ricky Pearsall from Florida, who if you could get him in the third round, is going to step right in and you know catch six, 60, 70 balls next year for you. So um, you can wait on that tackle. Um, it is a really deep tackle class. We've got probably five, six, seven guys that'll go in the first round out of this game. Um, so there will probably be one in the second, early in the second you could probably get a starting left tackle there. Yeah, I'm looking at how much do the coaches lean on you for information? Or are they just going there and they just use their eyeballs? Do you do you, do coaches interact with you a lot based on like your because you're obviously ahead of most of these coaches because they their season just ended. Well, I certainly hope these guys are getting with their own general managers before they come to Mobile. <laughs> if they're not do if, if if they're not doing that, then shame on the general manager if they're not getting briefed on their on their position group, but but no, we do. We've got we've got a Zoom later this week, um, four different Zoom set up with both sides of the ball for each teams. And and really, what it is I'm not giving like a scouting report on those guys. But it would take too long. But um, really, just going over position flexibility on where we can use guys, like on the offensive line, like who's the, who, what tackles can can go in a guard, and and you know who's going to rep at center, and um, you know inside outside at receiver, inside outside at corner. Um, you know, you know, off the ball linebackers to edge. I mean, that that's the stuff we go through on the calls. But I, I certainly think that uh, any personnel department is is getting with their coaches before they come down here, and giving them you know kind of the full scoop on on what the organ that what they feel about those players. Jim, I'm wondering as a former scout and your scouting eye and the things you're doing now, how do you look at guys like Bo Nix or Michael Penn, these guys that have extended careers? I think Bo Nix started like 60 college football games, two different schools. How has that longer careers, uh, a transfer portal, different systems, how has that altered your view of the scouting process? Well, it, it, can, it can clean up the evaluation a lot when you see guys do different things in different systems. So it, it can help to a degree. Um, like in both cases, he's only a fifth-year senior. You know, I mean, he, he started as a true freshman at, at Auburn, so he's playing a ton of football. And, and I think that's beneficial because, as you guys know, I mean, it's not a developmental league anymore, especially at that position. I mean, we got Anthony Richardson last year at Florida, had 13 starts, and you know what? He's out there day one for the Indianapolis Colts. So um, they're going to they're gonna get those guys on the field. I mean, very rarely. I mean, Jordan Love right now, 
and Patrick Mahomes are like the only two examples in probably the last decade where you took a quarterback high and let him let him develop. So, um, and I don't think the age thing. I think I just reading social media in in the media. I mean, they to me they make way bigger deal out of the age thing than the teams do. Um, these guys are all taking care of their bodies better. Um, they were just playing longer. I mean, I, when I was growing up, quarterbacks were done in their early 30s. You know, like you get to 33, 34. I mean, you were you were done. I mean, now these guys are all playing into their late 30s if they're good enough. You know, if they're not getting cut, um, they, there's a lot of guys walking away from the game on their own, their own volition in, in you know around 40. So I, I don't think the age thing matters for these quarterbacks. I think it's actually a good thing they're getting the experience. Along those lines, I have this idea that I don't think will ever pass in the NFL world, but I wanted to get your perspective on it because you've looked at it from different ways. I have this theory that there should be a rule that all quarterbacks drafted into the NFL have to redshirt for a year. And it obviously is based on the fact that some of the greatest quarterbacks of the last two decades, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, like a lot of guys had a lot of time to watch and learn, whereas other guys get thrown out there and it seems like maybe they get broken. And I would say Zach Wilson and maybe to some degree um, Mac Jones here. Do you think that would ever work if there was a forced redshirt year for drafted quarterbacks? I like I like the theory, but I don't think you're ever going to get an owner. I don't think you're ever going to get the owners on board with that. They got to get their their shiny new toy out there right. in front of all the fans. You know, I mean, those guys are the, the when you're drafting a quarterback up high. I mean, that's that's the hope. I mean, those guys represent the hope. So, uh, but in theory, I agree with you. Yeah, you can, you know, you can break a quarterback. I think the the two examples you use and the, the crazy thing with with me for Mac. Just going back to Mac a little bit, like that kid was ultra confident, you know. So, I mean, there was, you know, the fact that that he lost his swag and, and, and lost his confidence, and he did. Like when I would, when I would catch a, a pass game on TV in the fall and, and, and see Mac on the sideline, I'm like I've never seen that guy look that like that, you know, before these last couple of years. Like I would have never, I wouldn't been able to fathom Mac Jones looking like that with the way he was carrying himself. Man, it was it was it was really kind of sad to see because. He was a he was a super confident guy when he was down here at our game and and all the times I was around him up at Alabama. All right, Jim, you're the best man. Like we know you got a busy day, a lot going on. But if you uh, want to watch the Senior Bowl, I mean the coverage is going to start. It'll be there all week. You can watch it live on the NFL Network at uh, one thirty. Uh, so, Jim, good luck this week. Get some sleep, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on.